0: This is September 27th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan I Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And there's a whole new batch of Bruins news to discuss this week with our good friend Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. We get into uh, the addition of Anton Strauman on a PTO. Uh, this is not your typical PTO. This is a guy who could potentially have a real role on this team. And through camp so far, he's had that. Uh, and we get into the ramifications of strawman long-term. You know, does he make certain players expendable? Uh, what if he's really good? All those fun things we ask about him. We also get into uh, Jacobs Boral and and everything that comes with him. Uh, we get into Nick Foligno. You know, could he potentially play a role on this team? Is he, is he not ready to? Is he too old to? I know that's mean to say, but, you know, it... The stuff we've seen so far has not been super encouraging the past year with the Bruins and and even just shortly prior to that. Uh, and then we get into the Jack Stanika versus Johnny Beecher debate, which uh, feels like there's a lot of young guys gunning for those fourth line spots. We get into all that in this episode, so I won't keep you waiting any longer. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. And we are into our second week of training camp. And uh, there's quite a lot to talk about, which is, as I say, it's always fun. And it's great for you listeners to be able to hear us talk about all these things. That's why you listen, right? You listen to hear us, I would which hope is so. inc- incredible. By the way, before I came on here, Connor, I saw a tweet. Uh, 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 from david wade of wbz saying uh that is the boston accent extinct and i said my good friend connor ryan probably is gonna have something to say about that
1: listen we're we're a dwindling few but we hold we hold our ground evan We we will continue to get dunked on with the way we talk which is still my favorite part is when people say it's it's made up because i love that it, you know, when I'm in a professional setting, as I'm in, even though keep it loosey-goosey on this podcast, but we're talking about something we base our careers on. We try to represent ourselves well. This is what true. I like to do in a professional setting is come across like I sound like Mister French from The Departed. I do that on purpose, Evan. I do it just, yes. for, the sh- just for the shits and gigs, right? So, yes. No, unfortunately, that is how I talk. But again, I am, I am, I'm holding the line, Evan. Like it's not, it's not petering out on my
0: watch. That's okay. For sure occasionally I will see a YouTube commenter say it must be fake. And I always say, what's funny is, and maybe people don't realize this, when you get into this profession, you're taught to lose that. Like that's something that like TV people are told, like you cannot have an accent. So it would actually make no sense to just like put that on. Like, I I don't even understand, but but it is beautiful and it is yours and you're a treasure for it. And hopefully the Bruins someday acquire Carter Hart um, because that will be a Splendid day on the mother team. of God. Now, please. That will be that. it will be a great day. No. Um, sp- But but the Bruins may acquire someone different or they actually already have acquired that person, but they might keep them longer than the PTO they gave them, which was Anton Strahlman, right shot, 36 year old defenseman on the back end Uh coming from Arizona, which. That's tough. <laughs> That's not fun. going from Arizona, the Arizona hockey market to Boston being like, Oh my God, there's fans in the stands. Oh my God. We're, we're not in an, a college arena. This is, this is incredible. Um, But it is a legitimate addition. He's been playing with Hampus Lindholm in training camp. Um, There still might be some left in the tank. You've been seeing him in training camp. How's he look?
1: Yeah, he's been solid. He's been as advertised. It, it's something that it's kind of, When he spoke to the media, I was kind of surprised by the fact that he said that Boston's PTO offer was really the only kind of offer that was thrown out there for him because I I get it. He was on a dumpster fire of of a Coyotes team, but he was still a guy that they were trusting uh, a lot of minutes for. I think he averaged even at his age. Twenty-one, almost 22 minutes a night. Um,
0: yep. Almost three minutes I, in shorthanded time per game. Yeah.
1: Like he has that he uh, offensively again, granted he was getting a lot of reps, but he had eight goals, 23 points, which I think if he was on the Bruins, his eight goals for a defenseman would be second on the team behind McAvoy. And I think only Grizzly was ahead of him uh, for, for points McAvoy, Grizzly, and then Strom would be right there with his 23 points. So it's not like he's a guy that's washed, right? Or he's a guy that they bring him in, see what you got. And, you know, you're, you're going with the assumption that, you know, if he has anything left in the tank they bring along, but he's not in their long-term plans. And again, I don't think he's in their long-term plans in terms of 2025, obviously, but I think you look at what his skill set is and the state of Boston's decor. He could definitely be a guy that, Makes it out of camp, um, gets steady minutes in the early going uh, at the start of the year, um, whether it's with Lindholm maybe or on the third pairing potentially. Um, and then once Grizzlick and McAvoy get back, he's either fighting with that same crew of guys like Clifton and Zaboro for minutes or he's your seventh D, which I think he would bring value there. So it's really a, a low risk or really no risk at all signing for the Bruins in terms of bringing in this guy um, in terms of what he has if he goes into a few preseason games, and doesn't have it, then you can cut bait. It's not like the Bruins are barren. Like they would love to have McAvoy and like back, like make no mistake, but between Zaboral and Clifton and Carrick and a few of these other guys, they at least have options in the short term. But if you add another guy like Strauman into the mix, who's got a multiple years in the NHL, um, guy that plays heavy minutes, as you said, a lot of PK work and maybe can spell someone like Kahlo or Fulbert block shots. Um, he's a guy that could be a useful piece for this team. And again, if we get to December and January, and he's on this roster and Jim Montgomery's sorting through. All right. Zaborro's playing really well. Strawman's playing really well. Clifton's playing well. It's a good problem to have when you have all those guys playing at that level, fighting for maybe one or two spots. And let's face it, it's an NHL season. I think it's safe to assume you're going to be rotating quite a few guys. And especially on your defensive core.
0: That's a hot take. That's a hot yeah, take. I know, wild. Defensive injuries never happens. Uh, it gives you depth on the right side, which is what you needed. I mean, this is, again, we were saying this around the free agency, around free agency opening. You know, we figured, oh, you know, they don't have a lot of cap space. But it wouldn't surprise us if they went out and got, you know, a third pairing right shot defenseman, which is exactly what he is. And if he plays well and makes sense in the preseason and sticks, hey, as you said, he, he takes on heavy minutes. He's not going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, and it's, it's never a bad thing to have internal competition when the guys are good. Our problem with internal competition is when the guys are bad, which is what they've had um, in the past. The problem, though, is with a guy like Strawman, you don't want him taking minutes from a kid, or not a kid, but someone younger who kind of needs those reps. And I look at a guy like, you know, Jacob Zaboral, and I say, all right, well, if he's looking good, which we'll get to in a second, and, you know, he's fitting in on the right side, do you want to take minutes away from a guy like Zaboral, who maybe could be a long-term fit as a, you know, stable defenseman on your second or third pair for a guy like Strawman. And to that, I say, well, it's kind of the competition aspect of it. If Strawman's not going to cost you a lot, I, I don't see the the issue with this.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. And again, it, it all comes back to the fact that it's just a good problem to have. I mean, listen, if we get into the final days of training camp and Strawman's looked good, but Saboral plays like he did in that first preseason game, uh, I think the Bruins will take having Guy like Zaborro, who's had that the weight of the the narrative over the first round pick, uh, multiple injury setbacks, the injury setback last year. If he puts it all together and becomes a guy that's not just uh all right, we can take Zaboro and slot him into that third pairing right side spot, he'll do his job there. If he becomes something even more than that, that's not to say that he's going to be like a top pairing guy, but a guy that can give you 18, 19 minutes can give you 20-ish points on the blue line. Like I think he has that skill set within him. Uh, the Bruins will take that. Like, it's not like they're, you know, the first sign of adversity. They're going to kick Galaxi World to the curb in favor of someone like Strawman, but if both of them are playing well, you will find, uh, the spots for those guys to get in the lineup and opportunity will be there because again, going through an 82 game season is like going through like a a frigging car crash. Like you've got, everyone's going to be banged up at various points of the season, whether it's just getting guys in there. It's a good problem to have and a luxury for the Bruins if, oh, man, we need to get NHL veteran Strawman into a game to get him out there. Like that's that's your 70. You're doing pretty well.
0: If Jacob Zaboral overcomes all the things he's faced, you know, potentially being a bust, the injuries like Mark Wahlberg is going to be playing him in a movie. So it's
1: going to be, yeah, but it'll be him as Jakob Zaborl in like a cataclysmic event. It would be like yes. him as Jakob Zaborl at like Chernobyl or some yes. like other thing. It has to be like some cataclysm. It'll be Mark Wahlberg as Jakob Zaborl, who, if you didn't know this, was the captain of the Exxon Valdez it's smashed yes. that iceberg so yes
0: yes or, or he'll be uh he'll be you know captain Jacobs role is captain Phillips you know yes, it'll be exactly it, that'll be what it's it's like you know um but again I it's funny because I think when you mention a Bruins fans like hmm saboro looks good you know could be a real player on this team could be a guy who sticks they're like oh I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear it like the narrative is is fixed and I, I, we we all admit it we, we we've all said it how many times have we said it over the years the 2015 draft was probably one of the main reasons they lost in 2019. Like the 2015 draft was a cataclysmic bad day in Bruins history, especially that first round, right? But there's nothing wrong with Borel turning into a stable second to third pairing defenseman. Like you're not getting Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal's not, not walking through that door. Kyle Connor not walking through that door. Thomas Chabot. But you know what? The guy you got, in Jacob Borel if he pans out and works, what's wrong with that? So I, I, there's some resistance, I almost feel like, from people being like, oh, no, he's a bust. Like, no, like, actually, maybe, maybe he isn't, like, you know, the 13th overall pick, but he's formidable. Derek he, can bring, Forbert, he can bring you value. He brings you value. Derek Forber was a first-round pick. Is Does he play like a first-round pick? No. Curtis Lozada was a
1: first-round pick. There's Curtis many, out. like, also, yes. like, fourth-line Daniel grinders. Pae. Daniel yes. Pae was
0: a first-round pick. Like, there's there's first-round picks that, yeah, they don't pan into Connor McDavid- Jack Eichel, Kale McCarr studs, but they've served purposes on your team. And that's what Zaborl good at. And you saw it against Philly the other night where like he was good. Now, again, preseason game, you're playing against, you know, guys in the AHL, basically. That's first, you know, action of the year. But for a guy who tore his ACL less than a year ago, uh, I would say he looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, it was uh, everything you kind of saw during that brief 10 game sample size when, uh, he looked like a player that was going to be the NHL for the remainder of last season before that knee injury. Um, again, he's not flashy, but I think you see when he's playing with confidence and with poise with the puck, you can see all the like the little plays that sometimes lead to greater things there were so many times I think even though the power play was I think over six, not great but I think when you saw a few of the the better stretches on the man advantage, a lot of it was maybe not a direct, like, you know, primary setup from Zaboro, but a lot of plays up high, evading a guy that was maybe pressuring him, making the smart, simple play led to the puck into great A ice and led to a few chances there. Like that's what Zaboro good at. He's not, he's not kill McCarr. He's not Charlie McAvoy or anything like that. He's not going to be, you know, getting ahead of steam, usually through the neutral zone or, or doing anything like that. But if he can, you know, kill plays and scoring plays, get the puck moving in transition, make that extra pass in the offensive zone that leads to more chances down low. He's doing his job. And again, that maybe doesn't reflect on the the score sheet or it doesn't make him a guy that's going to have an extensive highlight reel at the end of the year. But if he does those little things consistently over 17, 18 minutes a night, those are little things that contribute in the big picture to points in the standings uh, and wins for the Bruins. So
0: he's, he's very good at making the simple play. I remember noticing yeah. that a lot last year. Like he's not, as you said, he's not flashy. He's not going to be, you know, Bobby Orr out there, but if you can just get him to make, you know, not make mistakes, that's it. Again, because the power play, when, when this team's fully healthy, the power play has their D at the top of the, at, at the top of the zone. You've Grizzly McAvoy, Lindholm, Grachy, like you're, you're good. You don't necessarily Need Saboral to put up all those points. If he wants, if if he does, like terrific. I mean, geez, like imagine if, like, as you said, imagine if he like actually like put together a like a like a 25 point season, you'd be like, oh my God, like this is unbelievable. I mean, he had um, three
1: he had three helpers in 10 games last year. Like, no, yeah, I mean, DeRay, it's, it's but not he's crazy. got in them.
0: Yeah. And he did, you know, coming up, like I mean, when they drafted him, he wasn't bad, clearly. Um, but you know, I think if 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 Jacob Sabor really wanted to be good like really good. He would want to feel good all the time. And he would take, he would, he would, he would sign up with our new partners or our next partners, Athletic Greens. Again, they use it, they have a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health and more energy. I don't drink coffee or use caffeine because I wanted healthier natural energy. And AG1 is providing it in droves. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. Has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each and every morning. So what is this stuff? With one, count them, one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75. Yes, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I couldn't even count to 75 on my hand while reading everything it provides. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you take keto, whether you eat uh, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free, it contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting really good. Yeah. Can't even count to, can't even count to the number of GMOs that are in this because there's zero. There are no GMOs or nasty chemicals. And again, better sleep quality, mental clarity. Can't hate that. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, because Athletic Greens clearly is all about making it easy, they're gonna give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs. Five free travel packs with your first purchase. One, two, three, four, five free travel packs. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins again, athletic greens.com backslash bruins. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So what's interesting about Strawman, who needs to get on that obviously has to get on the athletic greens train. I mean, the whole team needs to at this point. Uh start the year off right. But Anton Strawman, the question is down the road, and you touched on it a little bit when, when, when McAvoy and Grizzle come back. You're going to have a lot of defense back there. You're going to have a lot of guys competing for six spots on the bench, which is not many. And and most of those spots are pretty much taken, right? McAvoy's got one. Lindholm's got one. Carlo hopefully has one. Uh, Grizzlick, you know, Forbert. And then it's a toss-up and you have a lot of guys competing. And the name that I think a lot of people are kind of circling on their lists like they have all summer is if Strawman is good, and he's cheap. Let's see, say he's like one year, one million, kind of like a Jack Johnson or something like that. And he's cheap, and he's solid on the right side. And Zboril's playing well, and they're competing for minutes. Does this make Mike Riley potentially expendable? Like, does this is this w- what truthfully makes him expendable? Because all off season, you need you need D, you you need depth. But with Stroman, you do have the added depth on the right side. Does this make Riley kind of expendable?
1: Yeah, I think it was probably the case going into this training camp even before they signed Stroman in terms of just looking at the potential guys um, and who would be expendable. And I think it just further adds to it. I think when you look at the fact that one scores it comes back, having both him and, and Riley together does kind of seem rather redundant. That's why I don't view someone like Fulbert as being a risk of getting moved or anything like that, just because... His skill set, I think, is so unique uh, that you kind of need a guy like that. I think you saw in the Carolina series the value that he does bring, even though, again, it's not flashy, but he does serve a role on that decor. Um, I I just think that, yeah, Riley's just the odd man out when you look at just however it pans out, whether it be someone like Strawman who uh, sets into an established role. If a guy like Zaborro really breaks through and looks like an everyday NHL player if Grizzlick's back healthy and performing at the level he did before he had that shoulder injury, there's just so many scenarios that could work in favor of the Bruins. And like, it feels like almost all of them end up with a guy like Riley being the odd man out. And that's not to say that like Riley's washed or anything like that. Like he had a, he had a tough year last year and that it seemed like whenever there was a D zone miscue it always ended up in the net, which sometimes it's just poor puck luck, what have you. I mean, we saw how, good he was during that brief time he was with the team in 2021 they traded for him where he was almost like a revelation back there in terms of just how crisp he was in transition uh adding offense to the the blue line like he's a very talented player um and if you had to move him i'm sure there'd be plenty of teams lining up to take him whether it's a team that's rebuilding or a team that just needs uh depth on the blue line like he would be i think a pretty hot commodity if he was Offered up there in a in a trade. But I think however you look at it, however, this decor kind of pans out, all of them have kind of the same result where a guy like Riley just, whether it's skill set, whether it's younger players uh stepping into the lineup, whether it's just more value being placed in other areas of what the Bruins need on the on the decor. Um, I just think Riley's just the guy that doesn't fit into the long-term picture or just this year in terms of just the amount of bodies they have out there. And if you kept him. It's a, another situation where sure, but I don't think that benefits anyone in terms of one, the Bruins with the cap in terms of just having that contract on the books. And a guy like Riley, whatever you think of him, he's not a, a bench player. He's a, he, he should be a guy that's playing every night somewhere in the NHL.
0: And he's taking up cap space. That's the yeah. other thing. And, and on top of that, like, let's say you need a depth forward or you need a, a, a winger. He can get you that. I think he can get you that player. Cause again, as you said, this is not going to be a situation where no one's lining up to get him. Plenty of teams would love a left shot defenseman who could potentially run your power play. Um, But I want to read you this. And this is, I think this is the one holdup on Riley. This is the one holdup on Mike Riley. Um, Trading him. Whereas, you know, you might want to keep him. There's a new coach. There's a new coach. And you wonder with Jim Montgomery, is Riley going to be better? Is you know, is he going to be more effective in the lineup? And, you know, you look at these comments he made on Bruce Cassidy. He said he's really smart with the system and everything, but definitely he would get on guys. Anyone could tell you that, which they have said that many times. He did a lot of good things in terms of teaching, uh, killing plays gaps and that stuff. But sometimes last year, I kind of got in my own head a little bit, a little robotic in terms of going back for a puck. And I've got to do this or going back in the neutral zone for a puck. And it's got to be this. So you wonder like with Jim Montgomery, like does Mike Riley blossom? And to that, I would say, well, I don't know if it matters that much because there's other guys there like Hampus Lindholm's good. Like Riley's not filling in for Lindholm. He's not filling in for Grizzly. Those are two guys who can do what Riley does, but just a little bit better. And then you have Derek Forbert on the left side who is not, who is there to be a shutdown penalty killing kind of guy. So again, I, I think even if Montgomery can kind of get Riley can kind of unlock untapped potential in Riley, maybe it, you know, ups his value when they trade him in November or if they trade him in November, but I don't know if that's something that's enough to say, Hey, don't, don't trade Mike Riley now, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And again, we've talked about this all off season with Riley. Um, He's got to be so sick of hearing his name out there with, with, with trade rumors, but it's just the way the numbers work on the back end. So uh, anyways, uh, moving to forwards. we talked imagine in, tw- in 2022 we spent like 10 minutes talking about Jacobs and Boral. that like you just if someone came back to me in 2017 and said that I'd be like, what he he's he's still around. Um, but so Nick Felino, speaking of guys who uh, who are kind of controversial in the world of the Bruins, Nick Felino uh, has been kind of a guy that you know, Jim Montgomery hasn't really committed to, uh, a, a third line. And, you know, we've said all along Felino could be potentially a guy who's on that third line. And Nick Felino spoke on Monday and said, I know I can score goals. I'm not worried about that. My track could speak for itself. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to, uh, to play my game and be a factor for uh, this club. That's interesting because if they do go with Felino on that third line, uh, do, do you see a world in which he has value?
1: I mean, Listen, I I get what Felino, you know, the pitch that both the Bruins and especially Felino have in terms of what else he brings in terms of, uh, you know, identity, uh, leadership, you know, the intangibles off the ice. But still, if you're in a a third line spot, especially, you need to produce that third line. How many times have we talked about it of how much of a game changer it is when you've got a third line that can really capitalize against other matchups? When a guy like Coyle is playing well, Smith it just makes it so much tougher for the opposing team to game plan around when you already have the Berger line. And now you've got this offensive juggernaut pretty much of, of Pasternak Hall and Krejci together, if it all works out there. So that third line needs to be a line that can uh, really capitalize on their matchups, you know, land punches further down on the depth chart. And for Felino, it's, uh, I get what the Bruins are saying in terms of, you know, he never really could get into a groove last year, dealt with a lot of, uh, lingering injuries coming off of back surgery. Like I get it, but still you've got in a pretty set, uh, you know, sample size now in terms of his scoring, the numbers dropping. It wasn't his last year. I think it's since 2019, he's scored 19 goals in, I think 184 games.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not there.
1: It's just something where, yeah. And again, like maybe if you bring him down to the fourth line, maybe he can be a guy that bounces back and gives you seven goals and 18 points. And if for a fourth line, that's, you know, there's some value there, even if the overall cap situation doesn't really coincide with that, obviously like he could still bring some value to this team, but on the third line, I would rather, you know, you slot up someone else who has a little bit more of a higher offensive ceiling, I think at this point of his career. And for Felino, it's just, it's like an unfortunate situation. Cause you don't want to like drag a dude who I don't think it's ever been a question at all about, effort or, or willingness to engage down low or, you know, his leadership or anything like that, the positivity he brings, it's great. You know, he's a great guy to have in the room. It's just, you can only go so far without seeing the actual tangible scoring, right? Like it's same as if he was just down in grade a ice and was creating chances of not scoring. You can only point to expected goals and some of these other things so many times before Bruins fans want to punch you in the face. Cause they're like, all right, I need to see actual scoring. So
0: like Andre Kasha. it's,
1: Yeah, exactly. It's the same exact thing in terms of just you need some of that actual, uh, you know, goals on the board there that they're creating. So Bruins, uh, I mean, it's clear based on the fact they didn't buy him out during the offseason that they still think he has a little bit more left in the tank. But it's, you know, they don't really have that much rope to give him. There's so many other guys that are vying for those minutes, whether it's Beecher or Studnika or uh, Steen, McLaughlin, A.J. Greer. There's so many guys that are, you know, that are going to be coming for those minutes. So if if Foligno doesn't, you know, score a goal in one of these preseason games or has a, a dominant couple of shifts, he's got to be looking over his shoulder. That's just the way it is. And as much as the Bruins have faith in him, it only goes so far before you have to start looking at other options to get the best team out there on the ice.
0: Wasn't there a preseason game in 2019 when David Backus had like two goals? That's right. There was yeah. some crazy
1: game though. Where they played like the the Blackhawks, and I think like they won like eight to one. So yes. there was one of those games that got, and I think it was Pasta and uh, DeBrus both had hat tricks. It was a, like they smoked them. So yes. again, you never know how to go into those freezing games. But I do remember Backus had one game where he looked like St. Louis Blues Backus. I was like, oh, yes.
0: And that's, and that's tough. part is like, again, like Felino is, as we've said, Multiple times, great guy, great locker room presence. Someone that I, I would imagine all the players love. Like I, I, I don't, I you know I, I think he has a real uh, part in that chemistry. But on that third line, I just don't, I don't see it, and I don't necessarily see it with Frederick either. I mean, how, like we've you know we've said this. Like I think there's still more to get from Frederick. But I, I've always said I don't the offensive talent. I just don't fully see. And but I still think it's almost worth trying. You know, Frederick there long term to start the year over a guy like Felino because Frederick I think is still showing you a little more and he's a little bit, he's you know, younger. Um, but again, there's, as you said, there's other guys vying for that um, for that third line spot. And I, again, I think once Marshan comes back and Zaka goes to the third line, I think then you're really wondering what Felino ends up doing um, right. because I think Zaka just goes to the third line and then it's, you know, you have, a lot of people vying for that that those fourth line spots, you know, and and, and you wonder what's going to happen with like Tomas Nosek, which we talked about on um, poke the bear, but a safe bet that at some level the Bruins might figure this out, right? Some level there's, it's gotta be a winning formula somewhere. Uh, when we're talking really safe bets, talking about our good friends over at bet online football's back and bet online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds news uh, and game matchups, including uh, this year's week 4 uh this week 4 games bet online is your continued source for all your wagering information including live betting free contests and live scores just don't look at the patriots go like this don't don't look at the patriots maybe they what, didn't what, play what, this
1: the past week what are you talking about
0: oh they didn't you're right i forgot i forgot about that they just they didn't play uh always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events including mlb mma tennis boxing uh and even some golf head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50 welcome bonus with the first deposit make sure to use promo code clns50 to receive your rewards bet online where the game Stats. stats, where are the game stats? So uh, we mentioned kind of the battle of the fourth line, which is becoming a uh, more prevalent thing. And, you know, it seems like the Bruins have two young centers who are uh, exciting, uh, one a lot more than the other because they're newer, but both kind of ha- both came in with some high expectations, Johnny Beecher and Jackson nika And there's not enough room on this roster, I don't think, for both. Uh, Because you're pretty set down the middle, at least on the first three lines. And then you got one spot on line four. And I don't see either of those guys starting on the wing. Um, And, you know, I think there's some people, you know, saying Stanika should play, that Jim Montgomery's a new voice. Maybe this will get him going. But I got to be honest, Connor. I want to see Beecher in that spot. I do. I've seen Stanika. We've seen Stanika. Maybe this is me just wanting the new toy. But I look at, I just keep looking at it and I go I'd, I, And I also think Johnny Beecher's is a way better fit for that role um, as the fourth line center. If it comes to it, uh, what do you think? I mean, do you even think there's a spot on this roster for a guy like Seneca?
1: Yeah. I think that's the issue is just the fit and what the role is, right? It's not like there's a three C spot open where, all right, even if maybe Sanika hasn't put together a set track record of the NHL, you throw him in there for 20 games, see what you got and get a definitive answer now you are up against the clock in terms of you know his service time and the fact that he needs waivers to go back to down to providence so you're kind of stuck in that spot where all right the logic here is that you probably want to keep sineka and see where he fits but again where exactly does he go again i don't think they want to put him on the wing and if he's your 4c uh, if you're montgomery you're drastically augmenting like the entire identity of that fourth line cuz is your fourth line like not a grinding line? Is it just like this young line of him and McLaughlin? But then where does Felino fit into that mix? He doesn't really gel with what those. It makes just a big mess, right? Like, and yeah. it's unfortunate because I think what we talk about with Stanika, even if he hasn't maybe seized that opportunity, the best chance for him was last year where there was multiple spots in the lineup and then the Bruins went out and signed Holla and Felino and Sick and all these players that set up those spots for training camp even started. and he And he had a a good uh, preseason last year, but just wasn't any spots for him. So it's tough because uh, you saw, I think, especially in that preseason game uh, on Saturday where I think Beecher struggled a little bit with just the added pace of, of the pro game. And that's something he's going to have to deal with and fight through. And, but also Soneka, who's been around for quite a bit, who also has played against a lot of those guys when they were on Lehigh Valley, didn't see a lot from him either. Right. Which is, I think, more concerning. Right. Like that's a game where if it feels like it's a lot of AHL talent, it's something where he should really kind of, you know, put the team on his back and have a great performance out there. Didn't really see it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you want a guy like that to succeed. But it's kind of like what we saw last year, I think it was the last or the second to last regular season game against Buffalo, where I think he had top six minutes like, all right, let's see how he does. And it didn't do much of it. He had that one really terrible clear that led directly to like a Buffalo goal, and that's all I remember from that game. So yeah. it's he's stuck in a spot where he has limited options. But even if you wanted to give him a chance, and he probably deserves something because he's going to hit wa- waivers if if he goes back down to the AHL, I just don't know where he fits. Like it, he's not a fourth line center, right?
0: No. Oh. And and the worst part is like if there were spots. Jim Montgomery probably be the best guy for his development, like new coach, open to younger players, you know, uh, longer leash, like all these things. But there's no spots, and the worst, and the other worst part is, and we've discussed this for the last two trade deadlines, they've torpedoed his value. Now, also, he has torpedoed his value, but they especially have in kind of holding him, going, "Hey, maybe he's potentially a a, two C in the future." I don't see it. I I don't, and and there's been nothing that's shown that thus far. And I think next year, if David Cratey did retire, I mean, would anyone feel good going into the year with Stanika as your second line center between, you know, Taylor Hall and David Pasternak? Probably not. Probably not. And also, Coyle would be above him on the the second line, in my opinion. Zaka. Like, I, I just think he's sort of been passed over at this point. And it's unfortunate when that happens because, again, good player, high expectations just hasn't really panned out but I don't really see the spot for him in this lineup. Whereas a guy like Beecher, and by the way, both have different styles of game. So I I shouldn't like, if they said, Hey, who should be the second line center, Johnny Beecher or or Jacksonica? I don't think you really want to pick either at the moment, but I I do think for a fourth line center role, Beecher is much more suited for that. Whereas I don't know if there's a spot in the top nine for Stanika at all. So hopefully for Stanika's case, if he doesn't get a spot here, they trade him to a, you know, a team that's rebuilding like in Arizona put him in the top six and just kind of see what happens. I don't, I, maybe that's really all you can do. Cause I don't think Sanika is netting you any great player in return. I think you're getting picks, Um which is, you know, not the greatest thing in the world. Again, there was a, t- there were, I, I was, I'm old enough to remember when he could have, or rumoredly could have, you know, got you someone big at the deadline, but that ship has sailed Uh anyways, a ship that never sails is something that's always worth it. A subscription over at BSJ. What can people look forward to from you over Boston Sports Journal, Connor?
1: Yeah, we're going to continue to break down training camp. We've had training camp reports up pretty much every single day, breaking down the lineup. Uh, we're going to do some stock watch later on this week. We look at guys that could be uh, putting themselves in a good spot for a regular everyday minutes once the regular season starts up. We'll have coverage from the garden. We'll be finally back at TD Garden for a few preseason games this week week um you know features down the pipeline all that good stuff video reviews everything's uh you know uh locked and loaded for another season of bruins hockey we're excited to kind of delve into it and share with all of our bha subscribers so please subscribe to boston sports channel if you haven't already you want to follow me on twitter you can do that at connor ryan underscore
0: 93 go do all that for clns media i'm evan marinovsky bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week